This is a Radio.com original. This is Coronavirus Daily, World on Pause. I'm Charles Feldman from the KNXRadio.com studios in Los Angeles. And I'm Mike Simpson. And we're here to talk about the coronavirus pandemic. Winter is coming. It's not Game of Thrones. It's the time the (laughs) respiratory viruses peak. That has doctors and scientists worried about COVID. New model forecast, a dark picture here in the U.S. Comes from the University of Washington. Says things could get even worse if social distancing mandates are lifted. So we'll look into how the scientists came up with the numbers. We will also discuss another study that will have you buying more hand sanitizer and cleaning wipes just to make sure the virus cannot survive on any surfaces you touch. The president was given vitamin D as part of his treatment for the virus. Certainly not a cure, but research shows it might help prevent you from getting infected or ending up with a really bad case of COVID. Let's start with the new predictions on the death toll here in the U.S. Dr. Ali Mokdad is a professor of health metric sciences at the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington. Doctor, what are we looking at as we go into winter? We're projecting by uh, 1st of February 395,000 deaths in the United States. And if 95% of Americans wear a mask when they get outside of their houses, it goes down to 214,000. If we keep uh, relaxing all our social distancing mandate, it could go up uh, to 500,000, unfortunately. 500,000 by the end of February? By 1st of February, first January. 1st of February. So now I can hear some people listening to this who are going to be thinking or saying if they happen to be with somebody or if they're not with somebody speaking into thin air, but they'll be probably thinking, well, we thought that there are, you know, new therapeutics we keep hearing about that are helping people turn the corner. We may have a vaccine available, at least for some people, by the beginning of the year. So wouldn't that change rather dramatically any projections that you're making now? Definitely. If we have a vaccine, and we will, uh, starting in January, this uh, these numbers will change, of course, and they will come down. And of course, if we have a drug that's effective and safe, of course, these numbers will come down, the death numbers will come down. But until then, all what we have is to wear our mask and stay away from each other. How do you account for the holidays or pandemic fatigue, people getting together and probably getting together inside, even if they shouldn't. I mean, if people couldn't stay home for some of the summer holidays, I guess we don't expect them to stay home for some of the winter holidays. Those are going to be even more dangerous. Very true. And that's a very good question. Yes, people are tired. All of us are tired, including myself, of staying at home. And we want to get outside and have our friends. But unfortunately, we can't yet. And we have to adapt to a new reality that we are facing right now with COVID-19, especially when we move indoors. Uh, Because when we we did all these functions outdoor, it was much easier. The virus couldn't spread as much. But right now, we have to be extra careful as we enter winter. Yeah, but but the problem is, that, as I'm sure you see where you are, because we certainly see it where we are, uh, it does seem as if more and more people, especially a younger demographic in particular, uh, have this notion that, you know, if things aren't pretty much almost normal now, they will be in short order. So it's time to toss away the masks, go to restaurants, uh, party as hard as you can. And that's kind of the reality. Yes, you're touching two good points here, important points. One of them is the younger generation, and this has been a challenge. 
they haven't seen among their network COVID-19 and try to convince them to wear a mask because they can be infected, although they are not showing any symptoms and they can't be transmitting the virus. So that's um, unfortunately, we have to be very careful. The second point you're touching is we have seen before mobility increasing in anticipation of relaxation of mandates. We've seen increase in mobility in April before any states relax the mandates. So we're concerned right now as we talk more and more about the availability of vaccine that some people who are tired and reasonably so will start relaxing and then taking off their masks. Dr. Ali Mokdad, Professor, Health Metrics Sciences at the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington. Doctor, thanks. Research from Australia is giving people a good reason to buy hand sanitizers and disinfecting cleaning products. They found the coronavirus can survive on things like money and phones, for up to 28 days in cool and dark condition. So how worried should we be? Dr. Rahul Kare, founder and CEO of Innovative Care in Chicago, he talked to WBBM's Jennifer Kuyper about the findings. Well, basically, it's telling us that the COVID-19 virus can stay on things for a lot longer than we thought, up to um, four, uh, 28 days, um, screens and stainless steel. So that's a bit alarming. However, remember, this was done in a laboratory setting. And so, and we still really believe that most of the transmission is done through um, uh, aerosolized um, talking and actually singing and yelling and discussing. Those are how we're seeing, as a clinician, almost all of the COVID-19 cases. So talk a little bit about that testing. I mean, controlled atmosphere, so you don't have the uh, the real scenarios, the real life scenarios. And, uh, and what kind of surfaces are we talking about? Well, they were looking at glass, stainless steel, you know, your um, your phone um, as well, cases, desks. So they they really looked at a, a, a significant amount of things, and they compared it to, let's say, the influenza virus that usually the flu virus stays around for like 17 days. What they noticed is that the um, in the Australian study they they saw it go for as much as 28 days. So they they really wanted to report this, but I I get concerned because really what What's important is being masked up and not being in situations where you're going to transmit it, where we absolutely know transmission is possible. This is an um, in vitro study, meaning not in a real person, but um, actually on, you know, in a lab. So I just want to put one caveat on that on that study. So how long do you think that it could live on vi- on uh, surfaces, this virus? Because a lot of people at the beginning were uh, bringing stuff home from the supermarket and washing it down. Yes, I, I remember that time. Um, that was just a few months ago. So, um, you know, the truth is, like, even if it is on surfaces, like the grocery bags that we use, and uh, if you give someone a phone and they give it back to you, um, we don't even know if that is um, going to tra- transmit to an actual case. Um, that has not been proven either. So I'm not trying to downplay this as meaning like it's nothing. It's something to think about. I think wiping down things every once in a while is very important as we do in our, um, you know, in our place of business as a COVID testing center. However, I think we should take this uh, as a grain of salt that this is a lab test and not necessarily um, actually co- conveying transmission of the virus. And can you tell us what role, if any, temperature played in this study? 
Well, they did it at different temperatures, so temperature did play a significant role. Uh, they used it uh, mostly at, you know, um, at room temperature. However, as we know, viruses don't survive well uh, in very cold and very hot environments, and they don't survive as well at the outside environments. So that's really important to note that uh, this was in a lab-based um, setting, and though temperatures were variable, it was still in a lab. And that is Dr. Rahul Kahare, founder and CEO of Innovative Care here in Chicago. Coming up after this short break, going outside might be the best way to keep the virus away. What if the best thing to do to avoid the virus is simply to step outside? I will get up from this chair right now. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just step outside when it's sunny. A study from a Boston University School of Medicine professor finds receiving proper amounts of vitamin D can help lower your chances of catching a respiratory illness, including coronavirus. The president was given vitamin D as part of his treatment. Uh, Let's talk with Dr. Anna Kazarian, rheumatologist at the Fresno campus of UC San Francisco. So, doctor, uh, we've talked about this a couple times. Early indications were that this could help. So what has your research into vitamin D found? So absolutely, there is a link. Um, And uh, so far, I started my research in May, and so far I have seen um, almost um, all patients who... Uh, were low in vitamin D, were either 70 to 80% were in the ICU. That's when they had the deficient levels, actually. And the insufficient levels, um, they were they took their course mildly. It wasn't so severe. So there is definitely a link between having lower levels and contracting the virus. And not just that, but um, the severity of the levels also correlate with the outcome, the prognosis of these patients. So does this uh, translate to just a simple get some more vitamin D in your system if you don't have enough? So great question. So the question is also to answer your question is how low are we talking about do these patients have? Um, if it's significantly very low, then they need a higher dosages of uh, vitamin D and it's a prescription. You cannot get this over the counter. But generally keeping it at a normal level, uh, 30 nanograms per ml to 100 nanograms per ml is the normal levels you need to be anybody. Um, So anytime that level drops, you're at increased risk of contracting infections. And I have also seen in my lupus patients, rheumatoid arthritis patients, even lower levels of vitamin D does flare their autoimmune disease, increases inflammation. So the the issue, though, with vitamin D, as you know, is it's kind of a tricky vitamin, right? Because... uh, We make it ourselves, our skin does, if we have sufficient sunlight. But most Americans probably don't, especially in the winter months, even here in California, right? Absolutely. So is the solution for everybody to go out and start stocking up on vitamin D supplements? Because it's not that easy to get from food. So, no, I wouldn't recommend doing that. It's not safe because what if your levels are normal and you're just overdosing yourself at this point, right? So you first have to speak with your provider um, to make sure if your levels are, you know, uh, within normal levels. If not, then, you know, um, ask your doctor how much and what you should be taking instead of you trying to self-treat yourself. You do still get adequate amount uh, of the uh, vitamin D from food that's already fortified. Um but sun exposure, yes, we are now in shelter um, or 
because of this whole uh, shelter in place, we have not been getting enough naturally. But you can still get it from food. Um, not enough, though. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, you did. What does too much do to you? Because I think, you know, people say, oh, I can just take as many vitamins as I want. I'll, I'll, I'll bulk up on my vitamins and I'll feel even better. But what does a vitamin toxicity look like? Yeah, the biggest and foremost thing that it can do is affect your kidneys um, and lead to kidney failure, kidney stones. It can also stop your heart um, from contracting or contracting too much. Um, it can affect your brain, your liver. I mean, we're talking about multi-organ system being affected from too much vitamin D. And also keep in mind that vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. So it stays stored in your fat and slowly gets metabolized and slowly gets thrown into the blood. So you, your blood may show, um, you know, as, as it reaches lower level, you can have some of that stored vitamin from the fat get into the blood and help you out naturally. But if you're taking too much, you have too much also being stored. And that's what increases the toxic levels. Out of curiosity, do you take vitamin D supplements? I absolutely do because I have baseline low levels of vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> I take a thousand. <laughs> All right. Okay, good for you. Dr. Anna, Anna Kazarian, a rheumatologist, Fresno campus, University of California, San Francisco. A new study finds the coronavirus pandemic is quite costly. The report from former Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers and Harvard University economist David Cutler finds the whole thing will end up costing Americans, ready for this, $16 trillion. Now, their estimate, uh, their estimated cost includes a theoretical estimate for the value of a human life and is spread out over the next decade. It also relies on an estimate that the eventual U.S. death toll from the pandemic will more than triple by the end of next year. If the study is correct, the coronavirus's eventual impact could be four times the size of the damage done by the 2008 housing bust and subsequent Great Recession. You can find us on the Radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Subscribe, rate us if you'd like, and stay well. Thank you.